Welcome to Educated Messes, a podcast to help you sift through the bullshit around work, well-being, and relationships. We'll ask questions, seek answers, and share experiences to help you navigate the messier parts of life. Because trial and error is a lot easier when we do it for you. Hi, I'm Kelsey. I'm Kyla, and today we're going to do another episode of what we kind of called Messy Thoughts last time, but the... um, subject was joy and uncertainty or finding joy and uncertainty and we kind of feel like that just still feels pretty relevant because what else are we we doing lately (laughs) we're still looking (laughs) because I feel like every day is just kind of the process of trying to (laughs) be happy (laughs) or just okay I think is the goal content All right. That's what I said before. Yes. I'm excited to talk about this because I definitely think it's something like we're continuing to try and err at in real time. It's just what life is. It's just like... I think this is a unique version. (laughs) You think a pandemic's extreme? I I don't know. (laughs) I don't think we should consider this just like a regular year. Yeah, what I was going to say is we have some super cute questions that we asked for and received via Instagram. And so we'll ask those to each other at the end. Kyla's never seen them, so. And I haven't prepared at all, I promise. Has all answers written down. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that anyone asks us questions blows my mind. I find that so cute. And so, yeah, what what have you been thinking about lately? What's been holding you down? Holding me down? I thought I was looking for joy. <laughs> no, no, I mean like anchoring oh, you. <laughs> What's been bumming you out? Well, <laughs> this right now. Um, I oh, always talking about the class. Uh, always uh, just trying to convert people to it. I feel like I want to start. I like I want to try it. With oh, how much it's you talk so about right. It. I know. I'm obsessed. Also, my my pal andrea just started her own movement platform called a few fun moves I mean, and the branding like, looks cute oh it's so great and it's so quirky and fun i do these little like 30 minute workouts and it's just like hanging out with a pal it's quite nice cute. That sounds nice. um yeah so big movement um i carved a pumpkin today that was uh honestly more frustrating than <laughs> i know <laughs> I just admitted to myself at one point years ago, I was like, I don't enjoy this. I'm not going to do It's not. It. It's actually not that fun. No, it's not very fun. <laughs> because it's so frustrating and so much of it is prep. Like, I don't want to scoop all the stuff out. I hate that part. Yeah. Normalize <laughs> hating carving pumpkins. <laughs> Normalize pumpkins being the worst. And so that's always nice, though, you know, do a do a fun activity, a fun holiday activity. But yeah, cute. yeah, that's <laughs> those are my things. So some things that I have been doing lately that I've been re- really enjoying. Um, I oh, I started a like journaling practice, which I've never <laughs> done before. Again, every time I say these things, I'm like, we get it. <laughs> You're trying. <laughs> we hear you. But guess why? I heard that it rewires. <laughs> this is so funny. I heard that it rewires your brain. I'm like super into that shit. Did you did you fact check that? Uh, I think a doctor said it, so it's fine. okay. But oh, one of the doctors again, <laughs> the yeah. nameless doctors. <laughs> I really need to learn their names. But here's the thing that I learned: every single thing that you do technically rewires your brain, like no matter what <laughs> it is. It's just so it's really work. not that good of a catchphrase for meditation but the inspiring part is that brains are really like plastic they call it so you can really just change who you are it just takes like a lot of effort and habit um so you could just decide who you want to be and then be that person if you want to be and i think that's pretty cool (laughs) you'd think that plastic would mean the opposite thing but you can like melt plastic (laughs) The point is, like, it's not easy to change, but it can change. Like, that's what that means, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Brain plasticity is a thing. Yeah, neuroplasticity is not the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because basically, okay, this is major fact check. I guess you're kind of fact checking right now. But um, the more you... This is true. The more you do a certain thing, the 
easier it is for your brain to do that thing. So why chronic pain is interesting is that like you feel pain and then you like expect pain and your brain gets better at feeling pain and then you feel more pain. So that's something oh, that's that, sad. yeah, I learned it. And it's same with like migraines. And this is kind of like our resilient episode. Something I learned about toughing it out when it comes to migraines in particular is it's the exact opposite of what you should be doing because it strengthens the migraine neural pathways. I'm actually reading a book right now called Atomic Habits, and it talks about what you're talking about, where like the more we do something, the easier it becomes because it just becomes – like the way when you drive, sometimes you like forget driving from point A to point B because you're just so used to driving that it just is like second nature. Yeah. And so it talks a lot about how like building habits is the exact same thing. So it's just Mm. in the beginning, it's obviously tricky because – you're not used to waking up earlier or you're not used to meditating or whatever it is, but the more you do it, the more it becomes Mm -hmm. like driving a car where it's just like that, you know exactly how to do it and it like feels like really easy. Yeah. And this book's actually really good so far. They talk about like when people want to be athletic and like how there's not like a moment where that happens. It's more like habitual practice of being athletic. And they were talking about how people – one recommendation they make to people is to say to yourself, like, what would an athletic person do? Yeah. And then just to, like, ask yourself that again and again and again and again until, like, the decisions you're making are based like that. And just how how much easier it is to claim something once you are in practice of it regularly – as a way of like almost sort of like redefining yourself yeah, a bit. That makes sense. It's a cool book. I feel like that is what kind of clicked for me when I was first learning how to meditate. So when I heard that analogy of like treat it like a muscle and mm-hmm. like you wouldn't expect to be able to lift 200 pounds just like the first time you go to the gym, totally. which is it totally – yeah, that clicked for me. I was like, oh, like I will get better at this. I just need to practice. And then I think I kind of started applying that to – all of my habits a little bit. And then also what's been really helpful for me is paying attention to how everything I do makes me feel. So it's pretty hard to choose something when you know it makes you feel bad. I feel like that's not as easy as... It's not. I just think it's practice. Yeah. And I've just been practicing for a long time. And the other thing too is like, With my strange body, I don't really have a choice but to be as healthy as I can possibly be. Yeah, so what I've been finding that health means to me is kind of like listening to what your body is trying to tell you. And it'll usually give you some pretty clear messages about what would make you feel the best. And I think kind of by paying attention to those things, it's really helped me form habits that make me feel really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's, I think I, we started talking about this because of my journaling practice, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I can't even remember, but um, your journaling challenge. My point is, I think that it's been making me a lot better at figuring out what is like working and not working for me and also mm-hmm. being nicer to myself, which is yeah. a new thing. <laughs> like, you know, just those little voices in your head that are like, yeah. you suck. <laughs> so I feel like journaling good. is really good at you being able to notice, not you, but like people being <laughs> able to notice patterns because yeah. we get so used to like our day-to-day and doing these different things or the same things every day Mm -hmm. and not noticing like, oh, when I do this, it makes me feel like this. Or when I do this, you know what I mean? Like, And I feel like taking inventory of that is so helpful to be like being able to put that down on paper and say like, oh, I spent time with this person today and I had such a good day. Like those cues even of like Mm -hmm. you being in self-reflection going like, oh, this person makes me feel good or like this activity makes me feel yeah. not great or whatever it is. So I guess, okay, I could be wrong about this, but I think the type of journaling <laughs> I've been doing is called expressive journaling. So basically okay. the prompt that I have been using is just tell mm-hmm. the truth. So I have just been kind of like letting out all the self-criticism and stuff that goes on in my head. And then mm-hmm. from what I understand, how it works is that it just kind of like the act of writing or or saying things out loud, which is why therapy also is helpful, um, is it slows down your brain enough that you can kind of like 
see that thoughts are illogical or mm. um slow yeah just basically slow it down so you can yeah. check your brain basically like fact check your brain that's <laughs> so. literally Kyla was doing this to me last night in real time where she was like and then what would happen and then like what's the worst thing that would happen and she was like challenging me to actually say the things out loud and I would say something and we would just laugh our asses <laughs> off because it was like what are you talking about like it was like the most – I had created the most absurd scenario in my head that involved like Costco and like just like it made no sense. But that's like the point it got to where I was like catastrophizing. And in your head, you're like, oh, no, that actually would be a really bad thing for that to yeah. happen. And you say it out loud and Kyla's like, what are you saying? Like that is ridiculous. And I was like, eh. I felt like I wasn't helping at all though. No, you were. Okay. okay. That stuff is good to do to like flush it out of your system because it's just yeah. like that's it's so nonsense. True. like it, so that's it, what I've been doing yeah is flushing it out of my system and it is so uh, therapeutic for sure mm-hmm. like I'm just kind of letting out even the stuff that I probably would feel embarrassed to say to my therapist like it's full-on stream of consciousness yeah it's like morning pages yeah yeah and I've been noticing patterns but thought patterns which is really interesting so I'm kind of pinpointing a lot of things that I haven't been able to figure out because I've been going to therapy for a long time and the stuff that's left now is like she's buried you know so it's been yeah really interesting highly recommend um doing that if you want to (laughs) yeah I feel like it's similar to morning pages in the sense that it's just about like I mean morning pages a little bit less like tell the truth and more just like what's in your brain in any form, anything that comes to mind, like just get it out of your head and onto paper. Mm -hmm. But same idea and just like sort of like flushing things out of your head and just like getting them out of your system and being able to like reevaluate from that standpoint. It's awesome. It's been helping so much with my self-compassion. There's also tons of awesome journal prompts that I've seen lately. Like I saw one where, and I can share it when I find it, for this episode, but it was about like pinpointing where your stress comes from. And so it walked you through like a bunch of different questions around like, okay, when you think of it, who do you think of and things like that so that you could get really clear on like, where is this actually? Like, what are you actually afraid of or like what's actually causing it? Oh my God, can you send me that? Yeah, I'll post it on our story or something. But- And then the other one I saw recently was before you start your day in the morning, like work or whatever it is, you could – or like their prompts were to sit down and write three things you're grateful for, um, what your purpose, like what your your why statement is for the day, and then like how you want to feel that day. And so for example, if you wrote like, I want to feel healthy or productive or happy or – rested or whatever it is, then you could sort of like create, like work your day around that goal type of thing. So I Hmm. thought that was cool too. Yeah. There's so much out there for those. I really like them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So in the cutest way ever, we received a bunch of questions on Instagram. Well, I mean, we asked, we asked for them, but we received them when we asked, (laughs) which is super fun. So I think we'll work through those because there's a few of them. And if we don't get to some, maybe we'll add to them next time. Okay. I haven't seen these, so I haven't. Yeah, I haven't thought about them if that helps. Okay. (sighs) So what's the best book you've read this year? Oh, that's a good question read a lot of books this year. Remember when we started a book club and then it fell apart because of COVID. Was that in 2020? Yeah. Whoa, that feels like a long time ago. I know. Um, fiction or nonfiction? <laughs> just answer the question. <laughs> okay, so I just finished Americana, which was really good. It's about this Nigerian girl who goes to America and then also like her love interest who also comes to america but like they do it in different ways and then eventually end up moving back to nigeria and it's really good i think it illustrates a lot of the systemic racism problems but in like a story so Mm. it's i don't know i really enjoyed it Hmm. what about you mine are best nonfiction would be trick mirror i think and it's like a collection of essays. Not It's not one big book, but I just felt like there were some that I didn't really connect with, but then some that I thought were like mind-blowing. 
And then fiction, I really liked Girl, Woman, Other. It's really good. It's a really cool story. And yeah, I I really enjoyed reading it. It's a beautiful book. Recommend? Highly recommend. Oh, okay. I I have a couple more fiction shout outs. The Goldfinch. (laughs) So good. Is that like a... is that like some Harry Potter shit or what am I what do I expect no, from that? No. It's like uh would I don't know if coming of age would be the right term. Um, but it's kind of like the life of this boy who I'm not gonna give any spoilers. It's so good Is though. There I wish magic I could... in it. <clears throat> no, it's about oh. a painting. <laughs> it's really it's good. It makes it sound like it's about wizards. Okay, fair enough. But it's <laughs> I don't want to tell you anything about it because okay. I read it and I wish I could read it again for the first time. Oh my god. (laughs) I hate when people say that. The other one is All the Light We Cannot See, which is Mm -hmm. kind of like a World War II uh, story. Coming of age, sure. (laughs) I love a good coming of age, apparently. It's on coming of age stories. I need to see if that's what that means. What is a coming of age during the story? I'm going to do a live fact check on myself. Oh boy. Genre of things that focuses on the growth of a brook. Oh yeah, 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 okay. I'm right. Of a what? A protagonist from youth to adulthood. Mm. What else could it mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> Are both of those books about that? That's what we're really going to fact check at the end of this. I think they are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. so that, that's question number one. <laughs> I really feel like Goldfinch, I've been um, turned off by the novel. I don't know if it's the cover or the name, but it screams. Literally, don't just look by its cover. (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Everyone does it. It's science. Oh, my God. I look up reviews. So... <laughs> You're so much better than the rest of us. I just would like to read a good book. Is all. I obviously look up reviews too, but sometimes I'm in chapters and I'm like, that book is cute as hell. Oh my god, I just I have such a hard time not finishing books if I start them. So I need to make sure they're good. Otherwise, I'm reading a bad book. The whole thing. Yeah, I have a hard time not finishing them too. I wonder what that is. Perfectionism. <laughs> maybe <laughs> something's wrong with that like why would we waste our time reading a bad book to the end <laughs> i just want to see if maybe i'm gonna start enjoying it at some point oh. i usually don't the worst is when someone recommends a book to you and then you read it and you're like is this about to improve or is this it oh my god okay don't read that's any probably books. what's about to happen with <laughs> all of our recommendations hey Next question. Why do you think that educated message is important for people to hear? Oh, that's a cute question. First things first, important is a strong word. (laughs) I feel like why we want people to hear it. Yeah. I think what that maybe means is like, what is our why? And we did write this down. I don't actually remember exactly what we said. We can fact check that. But um, I think it was to help or maybe this is just my personal why, but like help people feel less alone in like the weird little gritty bits of life that people don't really talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. And if we can make anyone's life a little bit easier, I think that it's kind of like my overarching life goal is like, I would like to just make people's lives a little easier. That's cute. I feel like my why is similar. And also I think, yeah, it's, it's just about something that's fun for people to listen to and yeah I feel like we love getting recommendations for like things to try and books to read and like we're definitely like self-help people and so I think just like having something that's like age appropriate that yeah I don't know resonates is like a cool thing I feel like sometimes when I listen to certain podcasts it just feels like a different demographic or like a different age group or like a different yeah. level of wealth that you'd need to have to have those things that makes it feel yeah, like to a really yeah that's a good one I also think that we just find this stuff really interesting and mm-hmm. we had these types of conversations we really like to hear the sound of our own voices yeah yeah we have these types of conversations anyways so yeah. i think that if anyone might find them interesting then why not you know yes agreed i thought you were gonna say that if anyone found these conversations interesting <laughs> that they would find us interesting <laughs> i want people to think i'm interesting <laughs> then you probably should hit us up we should be friends because this is who we are all I'm the actually, time that's not not a reason i love making friends <laughs> so oh. much. 
<laughs> I just think people are so cool. <laughs> I just also want to mention that this is a heavily edited version of the conversations we normally have. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I never mess up. <laughs> I always say the right thing. <laughs> What's one really tough thing you overcame this past year? Hmm. I really am in the good seats here where I get to ask it, listen to what you say, and then formulate my own response. Yeah, you go first this time. <laughs> That really shot me in the foot. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to like be the girl who just like is always talking about that time she got her wisdom teeth out. Was that but, like, Yes, Kyla. It was in This February. year feels so long. <laughs> I don't want to beat a dead horse with this story. Oh, that was a big moment. But I did look death in the eye and I said, not, not yet, death. I don't think you've ever I, explained what happened. Or I don't know if you'd even want to, but. Well, I don't think that people want to hear it, but essentially I just got like what my doctor described as like the biggest abscess he's ever seen. So if that doesn't get you riled up, I don't know what was. I am sorry to laugh, but it was so it was scary. Sexy. It was sexy, actually. I've never had such an enormous face and it was alarming in a lot of ways it was also like pushing on my carotid and they were afraid I was just gonna like my airway was gonna close and stuff that was not chill and they tried to take me in for a surgery where they were gonna like slice open my neck I hope that People probably don't like listening to things like My this. My jaw just dropped. It's yeah, just maybe. became a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell the less disturbing part. A little higher <laughs> level. <laughs> the point was, is that it was very serious. I was in the hospital for over a week on IV antibiotics. And this was right COVID, like the week before. It was, which yeah. is actually a, it was a blessing because yeah. if I couldn't have had visitors, geez Louise, oh my, my sweet friend Ben uh, slept oh. on the on two chairs pushing Your friend. Bed every night. <laughs> my friend Ben. That's what I call Ben at, to my work buddies. And so now oh they God. still refer to him as my friend Ben. That's so funny. This is when I was in denial. <laughs> it's kind of cute. My yeah, friend. it is cute. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine if I had to have been alone, but essentially I just got really sick from it. And it was just a test of my like ability to kind of like the, my biggest takeaways from it actually were standing up for myself in situations like where I knew something was wrong. Like I got, I like for context, like I went to a couple emergency dental appointments. I went to the ER twice before getting admitted, and I just think like I have a tendency to like undersell what's happening to me in general. And I think it was that my biggest takeaway was actually learning to be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is bad. Like I – and to be fair, like I actually couldn't speak at the time because my mouth had swollen shut. And so I was typing things on my notes app on my phone. And then my, Ben was – I almost called him my friend again. <laughs> and then Ben was like telling the nurse how it was going. And so I just think like – I literally lost the ability to like stick up for myself. Oh my God. And it was such an interesting experience. Like, don't get me wrong. I got treated so well in the hospital. Like ask anyone, nurses and doctors are my like heroes. Mm -hmm. I've never, I've never had an experience like that. And just like, I was absolutely in awe of these humans, but I just think it's like, they can only help you if you are able to articulate what's going on and you're not like like I think I kept implying it was like a dry socket and all these things and so people didn't push me on it because that's not their job and so it was just a really interesting experience of like yes I don't want to be the type of person that like exaggerates this or that but there's such a clear line between that and like they they ask you your pain on a level of one to ten and I would so drastically undercut it because I'd be like well, I've never experienced level level 10 pain. I like that I was creating a scenario in my mind where someone would be experiencing that, but it's like use your own pain threshold. Yeah. Like, why yeah. are you I was like comparing it to some imaginary person who hit level 10 
And I'd be like, I'm a four. And like, mm-hmm. I'm on like morphine and stuff. Like, you need to like, <laughs> it wasn't like I was like aching. I was in like severe pain. Oh so it was just such a funny way of like exposing some of these things that I do to like, I don't know what that is, to try to seem like ev- like everything's okay. I don't want to complain, da, 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 da. And it's yeah. like, eh, there are times where it's really appropriate to like state things clearly. Ooh. And yeah advocate for yourself essentially yeah that's a good lesson in listening to your body and to yourself yeah it was a lesson indeed if there's a there I'm just so desperate for a silver lining from that experience but definitely made me realize how much support and love I have in my life like people showed up for me in like a beautiful way and so that was a lesson and then advocating for myself better and like now I just feel myself doing it even in doctor's appointments and things like that like just being like this is what's wrong and like no I'm not gonna do this or like just like getting more clear on like I I'm the expert of my own body no one else is no one knows it better than me and so Mm -hmm. being able to be like no I don't agree or I don't want to take that or this doesn't feel good or whatever it is. Yeah. Just went on a little bit of a shh. Oh, that's a good one. It's yours. That just kind of made me realize how long this year has been and how much things have changed since the beginning of the year. Because I guess that in January was when I was quitting my last job. No way. Yeah. That's so, that feels like two, it was two years ago. That feels so long ago. And it was a, it was a really hard time. I was really burnt out. I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't figure out like what was wrong with me. And I, it was, I mean, the whole thing where I was just powering through because I was like, oh, this is just what it's like to work. Um, Which I do want to do an episode someday on advocating for yourself at work especially as a woman I think is yeah oh in the tech industry as well there is this burnout culture anyways so I was very burnt out and I got to the point where I was like I can't do this anymore and it's so scary in an environment where it has been built around fear that you to advocate for yourself because I was like I might lose my job but yeah it got to the point where I was like I don't care like I need to do this so I took a mental health week and or like a what do they call a stress leave I didn't even really know what my rights were like I was kind of making this up as I go but I it was like a Friday after just like they would just run me at 120 percent all the time and I would say like I'm overworked I can't do this and they just wouldn't care Mm -hmm. so I got to the point where I finished my day's work. I was working late. I think it was probably like 8 p.m. in the office. And I went up to them and I said, I will not be coming in next week. I am not well and I need to figure out why. And that was it. I told myself before, I was like, I'm not going to explain myself. Like, I don't owe anything to these people. (laughs) And it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. That point was a turning point in my mental health, like overall. So basically I took that week I ended up taking the week going back and then quitting and then um ended up starting my new job in the middle of February I think and then I was in the office for a month and then COVID happened (laughs) and I found out that my entire team got let go from that last job so it was like oh man so the timing like and I think about that with your like hospitalization too Mm -hmm. it was like right before things got really bad and there was like extra sanitation stations and there I remember my sister-in-law was sick with just like a cold and they 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 told us that she couldn't come but other than that like I was allowed to have visitors. A bunch of different people came and saw me and sat with me and like stayed with me. It was like, like back when we had heard about it, but we were all yeah. kind of like, oh, it doesn't seem like a big deal. And it went away. And then I'd like, I honestly really- think like two weeks later, I yeah. that probably would have changed. Yeah, I think so too. So, oh man, yeah. if I had to spend a week there alone with no visitors, I actually oh my God. done. I, I, yeah, I don't even, even like I couldn't shower by myself. So like, what was, who was gonna, I guess, nurse. Yeah. Anyways, so that was something that was on my mind a lot at the beginning mm-hmm. of timing. this was timing and how Trust much – well, so much of life is luck. So yeah. much of life is luck. And whew, yeah, felt pretty lucky. 
Um, yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> um, wow, this year has been long. <laughs> that was kind of a sad question. <laughs> I mean, I'm I like, like I need to get that off my chest. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, God damn. What's more important, a sense of humor or loyalty? Is this the question we're answering? Mm-hmm. Ooh, this almost seems like it's targeted at like both of us for some reason. Like, I feel like you always talk about loyalty. I know I'm a bit obsessed with loyalty, like maybe to a fault. I I guess I would, I'd need to know, this is always, I always like need, oh, like, yeah, I need context. <laughs> I would need to know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, go actually tell me what you'd need to know and then I'll see if I can narrow it down. I think like the definition of loyalty. Like what does that look like? Okay, you want like a legit definition? I could define it myself, but my definition. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to you? Loyalty is a strong feeling of support or allegiance. I think for me, loyalty is about you stick with your people and like you're in their corner no matter what. This is really a hard question for me because I think that in the past I have had the tendency to stick with people longer than they deserve. Deserve. Yeah, that's fair. That's kind of where I mean it. I think sometimes it's been a fault of mine as well. Yeah. But a sense of humor almost doesn't seem like a like comparable quality almost. You know what I mean? Oh, I think it is. So, okay. So I either have to pick someone who's not funny, but really supportive I don't think I don't think the question says that this is about someone else. Maybe it's like what's more important to you. Hmm. Sense of humor to me is bigger than just like they're funny. It's like that they can like laugh at themselves oh. and like they don't take life too seriously. Oh, that like, is important to me. Yeah, I think it's bigger than I mean like I know you love me because like I'm extremely funny, but <laughs> I think that it means more than that. It means like it was part of resilience even. Like it's about having perspective, being like you can't take everything so seriously or you wouldn't like it would just life would be no fun yeah okay Fuck. this is really hard <laughs> okay what if it was like a partner what's more important to you, and a partner? you can you answer first i can try partner is different too it I is feel- really hard like can they have both both of those are extremely important to me um i think that I think that loyalty is important and I think people – I'm sure that like when I've written down my values, it's come up quite high for me. But I think loyalty might fail to recognize like when we need to set boundaries and like when maybe someone should challenge you on your thoughts or beliefs. Like I don't know that I believe anymore in like unwavering loyalty yeah. to or anything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. loyalty for me, why it was so important to me is like I – didn't want to feel betrayed. And so it was like, it was about, for me, I think being obsessed with it actually came in the form of a boundary. Like I was like, either you be loyal to me or I don't want to be your friend because for me, that was a boundary where it's like it had been crossed so many times that at a certain point I needed to say that so that I would seek people out who respected that boundary. Does loyal mean like honest or what does it mean? Loyal means that like they have your back, like they don't do things to hurt you, that they are in your corner. That And I think honesty is part of that. I think that there are things that could hurt people though that aren't necessarily like inherently bad. Like, okay, here's something I'm thinking of is like- I think it is about truth for sure. Yeah. I think truth is more important to me than loyalty because I think something I've struggled with a lot in my life is feeling like Because at one point, a relationship, and whether that's like a friendship or romantic relationship, doesn't matter if it was something at one point, it doesn't, it's not always going to be that thing. And I think there's this expectation on relationships and friendships never changing and always being like super close or, you know, like great. Like there are times in relationships and friendships where maybe you're going to like pull apart a bit Mm -hmm. and that might hurt you and you might learn from that. And I think that there needs to be space for people to explore life, I think. And I I don't know what you want might change. So I think honesty is more important to me than loyalty, but that's not the question. (laughs) I think that's fair. I think loyalty is about reliability. Like it's about knowing that I can count on you and like knowing that someone 
will be there for you when you need them. And I actually think that is like really important, even though things change. I I think though, because what if there's a time where like, say you really need me, but I'm going through something really hard too, or something like that. Like then isn't honesty more important because it's like, I see you and like, wish I could be there for you in like whatever way you need, but like, this is how I can show up. And I don't know, would that hurt? Or is that just like respecting your own boundaries? I don't know. I think it would it would depend too much on circumstance, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I know. See, this is I'm so bad at these questions because I like, think way no, too much. About I think it. it's interesting to like talk about it. I just think it for me it would be so much about circumstance because it's like if I had a friend who like I have my answer. Oh god. <laughs> if I had a friend who was like having a tough day. And it was just like, you know, one of those days and I came to them and I was like, I'm having a meltdown. And they were like, I'm actually, today's not the day. I what if it think, isn't the day? I don't know. I think sometimes you do need to like set aside yeah, that sure. to be there for your people. Okay. Here's my answer. Um, I can think of people <laughs> that are funny that suck. So I think loyalty is more important. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite but I um I think a sense of humor about life is really important to me I don't Mm -hmm. think I connect with people who can't laugh at themselves and at life and at things being absurd and (laughs) (laughs) I mean like if we're not laughing then what the fuck are we doing because shit out here gets pretty (laughs) whack (laughs) yeah yeah, my answer is I don't know you really had me convinced it was sense of humor I I think I think I don't know. Here's my current take on loyalty, and like, don't hold me to this; it might change. (laughs) But one of my favorite things that anyone has ever told me, from like an advice standpoint, I think I told this to Kyla. uh, I told this to someone recently because I was reminiscing on it. (laughs) Was that when you forgive someone, or when you try to um, like mend something or or fix something, Mm -hmm. people often ask you things like, "Oh." Like say you had a falling out with a friend or like something happened where they did something that really hurt you and people will ask you like, oh, like do you think that you could forgive them or like do you think that you could forgive them if they did it again or those types of things? And the best advice I ever got was like, okay, maybe not ever got. That was heavy. (laughs) But but great (laughs) advice I received on this subject (laughs) was you actually only need to be able to forgive yourself. And so if you can look at a situation and go like, oh, if this happens again, will I be okay? And also, will I be able to look at myself and go, that's okay. You went into it knowing this might happen and and you're okay. And you're not like beating yourself up for it. That's actually the only thing you need to be sure of to like go into forgiveness because it's at the end of the day, like you can only control your own side of it. You can only control your own actions. And so I think loyalty used to be really important to me, but maybe I latched onto it a bit from like an unhealthy spot. And so for me, I think I would actually say sense of humor right now because like even in my life, I right now that feels, yeah, I think people I surround myself with lately, like yes, are reliable. And they also just like know how to fill my life with joy and they know how to take situations like what we're all going through and and like find the silver linings and and find the fun pieces and i just think rely like loyalty is me depending on someone else more or something you know what i mean like i'm okay i do want people to be reliable <laughs> i'm okay I'm okay <laughs> you know what i mean yeah no i do know what you mean and i i I would agree. I think that I've been kind of trying to learn to stand on my mm. own two feet a lot more and just kind of like be a whole person on my own. I feel like we did an episode like, all about how like leaning on people is good. And now we're like, be, be good on your is, own. It's, there's a balance. I think it's good to share life experience mm-hmm. with people. But I think that I think by being a whole person, I mean, like, I like who I am. Yeah. And you have your own thoughts and ideas and likes and dislikes. And And like other people's actions and feelings and behaviors are theirs. And I can choose who's around me and what they feel and do doesn't necessarily reflect on me or impact me. So I don't know. No, I agree with that. I think it's just like it's a – there's a lot less pressure on – other people Mm -hmm. if you are just like 
good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll like think about this later and change my mind. But I just think like, yeah, lately I've thought a lot about having a sense of humor about things. And even like we talk about how like it's not good to joke about when you're when you're actually not good. Like we talked about this in an episode where well, that's kind of the di- yeah. yeah, a different way of joking about it. Where it's like, oh my God, like my husband just left me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a balance though of being able to be like I I think as we talked about earlier, sense of humor gives you perspective and a bit and an ability to kind of recognize when things even for me to look back on like the experience I shared today about being in the hospital, it's like it was fine. At the end of the day, I wasn't in like I'm so happy to have been treated the way I was treated. I'm healthy. It like all these things are so good. And so now when I tell that story, yes, I'm like, this is a bit of a dark story, but I'm like able to laugh about it because I'm like, yeah. I can find the silver linings in it. And it it taught me things and all of that. And I think yeah. like it, it would be hard for me to get over things like that if I wasn't able to be like, whoa, that was like, like we still laugh about some of the things like that were said and like that happened. And I think that's a way of being able to like move forward too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that addressing and processing situations includes the ability to like see maybe humor in it. Um, I think if you stay really like dark and you don't really want to talk about it, like that's just, it's prolonging healing and you're not like addressing your feelings. So I think yeah, I've been finding it hard to regret hard things and there have been some things, <laughs> but it's just everything teaches yeah. me so much about like how I want to be treated and how I want to live my life. And I think that it would be cool if we didn't have to go through hard things to learn those lessons. <laughs> but I don't know, I'm kind of glad that I've learned some of these things in my early 20s and I can keep move forward mm-hmm. with like new tools it builds and resilience. I yeah. I think that's it. I just have been really enjoying becoming just like who I am and like figuring out who that is and it comes with all the ups and the downs and, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely comes back to like finding joy in uncertainty and just being so aware of like, like just when we're talking about having a sense of humor, like just being when we, we got into spells this year of like being so cynical about like what was to come and feeling just like, I can't plan anything and you never like, we don't know what's going to happen. It might get worse and all of that. And it's like, yes. And we need to start, like, I don't, I don't know that we can accept this new normal. I don't know if that's like possible, but I think that, yeah, I think it's about like, I feel like who I am is like, I like to try to be optimistic about things. And I feel like for like six months of this year, I was giving into the like, just such a pessimistic point of view. And I'm, I was like, who, what does that serve? It's not, it wasn't making me feel better. And I wasn't predicting the future. (laughs) I wasn't getting it right. (laughs) So it was just sort of an odd place to live because I don't know if I was trying to like prepare myself, but it's just kind of unnecessarily inflicting like bad vibes on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That is the moral of the story (laughs) is just make your head a nice place to live, to be. Agreed. And we will get through this. <laughs> sure, we ruined that question by just like beating it, <laughs> overanalyzing it. Yes. It's a simple. Sorry. It was a what you had to answer A or you know B, what? and we just. I actually. It. I don't know what my answer. I is. actually I don't either. I'm like already upset about the fact that I said that to viewers. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, I think we can wrap up unless you have anything else. I don't think so. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, I'm ready to check some facts. Me too. So we talked about quite a few facts in this one. Um, I did my best to get some some good sources on some counter facts to what we shared. (laughs) Um, A rough one to do. Not too bad. It's got got some supporting evidence for some of our claims, so okay. that's good. good yeah. <laughs> so you said that journaling rewires your brain, and then we mm-hmm. kind of were talking about how, like, you said kind of everything rewires your brain. 
Yeah. And we were talking about neuroplasticity and brain plasticity. <laughs> and right. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> we were confused about why we why it was referred to as plastic if it meant that it was malleable because we think that plastic is hard. Right. And so the, the internet wouldn't even explore that topic with me because it's not a good it's not a good idea a- from us. <laughs> it's not smart. Okay. Dumb question. Okay. I had to text my parents and I was like, why is it called plasticity? Like plastic seems hard, not malleable. These were my words. <laughs> and they were super disappointed in me. And my my dad said, of course, plastic is malleable. By the time we, we see it, the molding has already been done. So I hear oh. him. I get it. They have to make plastic <laughs> into shapes. And so at some point it needs to be, you know, malleable is the Didn't takeaway. Didn't I say that at some point? I was like, you can melt it, but it's not easy <laughs> or something. But it, is, but it is easy. It's really easy. Oh, that's what neuroplasticity means. It's like it's easy to change. So neuroplasticity is the ability of your brain to adapt to changes in an environment by forming new neural connections over time. And plasticity means easily shaped or molded. Oh, well, then that's a good thing. So this is all easy. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was so funny that we were so confused by this. And my dad was just like not having it. And Google was like, we don't know what you're talking about. Okay, noted. Uh, Yeah, moving right along. Tough start, but it gets better, I think. (laughs) Okay. So we were talking about the benefits of journaling. And so I found some studies. They did a brain imaging study by um, or at UCLA, and it revealed that expressing feelings in verbal or written words, so I assume like therapy or journaling, it reduces activity in your amygdala, the brain's emotional center, and engages the thinking brain. So that brain pattern can make sadness, anger, and pain less intense. Hmm, cool. So it helps out your brain. I, like that. I know, me too. I think nice. it's cool. And then they also, there's a bunch of studies around how it helps with people take on stressful tasks. And also um, there was one that helped people heal from physical wounds faster and they had yeah they had faster healing times than those instructed to avoid writing about their feelings interesting not kind of freaky um cool Cool. Um, (laughs) so i couldn't find anything about the more you get migraines and tough it out the worse they get so I'm gonna let you take it away I did find a source for this so how I looked this up I think I looked up if you leave migraines untreated are you more likely to get migraines or something like that so I found actually oh my god they're talking about plasticity (laughs) oh my god we totally did it okay so um when you have chronic migraines your brain can start making pathways that encourage pain so yeah, it's basically exactly what we're saying. Um, your brain is an organ that had plasticity. Basically, that we're exactly means- right. No, I mean what you were just saying about plasticity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it can change and form new pathways. Um, and then if you're having more migraines or more pain conditions, it your brain learns to produce that type of pain. Hmm. So, yeah, I wasn't just making up stuff. It seems to have. And I think that a, neur- a neurologist told me that. So I like, I know that was true. I just needed to source it. Um, otherwise, confident. she shouldn't be a neurologist. <laughs> the one thing I did find when I was looking into migraines, because I was, I'm sort of fascinated by migraines because oh, I don't God, know that life. I know. But they were talking about this thing called spoon theory. And it was talking about how you have to use your spoons wisely. And so essentially it was about like everyone starts with a certain number of spoons, but – and then like your tasks in life each cost you spoons. And then someone who like lives with migraines or chronic pain or things like that, it takes them more spoons to do a single task than someone who doesn't live with that. 
And then it talked about like the dangers of using up all of your spoons in a day and like how it multiplies day to day and like can cause spiraling and things like that. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, I've heard about that. Uh, (laughs) How's your spoon inventory? Oh my God. It's something I've thought about my whole life because I do have chronic pain and I've had migraines and blah, blah, blah. And I, I'm a sleepy gal. (laughs) Like I am tired a lot of the time and I feel like I should be able to do more things or like have more energy it's this weird thing that I'm like no like you shouldn't be tired like you haven't whatever so it's definitely yeah that's a big should it's a big should I'm in I'm still in such denial about like there being anything actually wrong with me for some reason anyways that's a different conversation (laughs) yeah I think even from like the brief research I did today all the migraine stuff was talking about how important sleep is but then yeah. like how migraines make it hard for people to sleep. And then it just like as they get more tired, it gets worse. And I was like, this is a very yeah. cycle. Migraines are awful. There's also like four stages of migraines. And there's this like after you get the pain part, there's something called a post-drome, I think. And it's like a migraine hangover. It's fucking awful. Do you Anyways. know what type you have? Because I saw there's different yeah. types. I get the kind with auras. So I like oh. lose parts of my visions. And sometimes <sighs> it happens when I'm driving. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrifying. terrifying. Sometimes I blink out a contact while I'm driving. But that's what <laughs> it's just like I mean, <laughs> it still makes it very dangerous. <laughs> that is dangerous. Yeah. I won't say which uh, which contacts are prone to that, but I don't want to get a lawsuit, <laughs> but you know. Okay, if you enough. follow me, fair you enough. know. Um, <laughs> we talked about expressive journaling, and so we talked about, like, what is it and what does it do? And so the what it does is that it slows your brain down, and you can see that your, um, your thoughts are illogical like illogical or maybe like misinformed and it also gives you a place to just like simply express yourself without restrictions and punctuation all these like other things that we do to sort of control ourselves but just like expressive journaling is described as being just like you pouring your heart out like just writing nonsense essentially And so it talked about how like it helps people because it's obviously a safe place where you can go like there's no judgment. You can (laughs) – it helps to clarify your thoughts and feelings. It deepens your connection to yourself and helps you know yourself better. And also if you write about things that are super intense or like stressful, it can help you to release stressful hormones and emotions. Um, so yeah, those were some of the benefits of like what expressive journalism does for you. Cool. Expressive journalism. <laughs> expressive journaling. <laughs> we talked about a journal po- prompt that I had used that helped you pinpoint where your stress comes from. And I'll post that on our Instagram, but the designer who makes it, her name is Sarita Walsh. Um, and she has a super cool Instagram and she posted like a design of this prompt. I don't know if she wrote it, but it's a good one. It like helps you list out the different causes and get distilled on it. And then I talked about a prompt on something you could do in the morning. And just for clarity, because I wasn't 100% sure what the things you were supposed to write were. Three things you're grateful for. What is your purpose for the day? Or like your why for the day and how you want to feel that day. And that one was a cute one for in the morning. So yeah, other than that, we mostly just chat about, we or we answer our questions, so not a lot of factual information there. Oh yeah. I feel like we learned a lot this episode. Yeah, let us know if you like this type of episode or not. All feedback is welcome, but be nice. <laughs> Sensitive. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Bye. Bye.